Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. So happy you're tuning in to Dose of Leadership. Got motivational speaker, author, entrepreneur, Joshua Coburn on the show. Man, he's one of my favorite guys. He came on six years ago. It's hard to believe it's been six years. And we finally got him back on the show, got caught up. I've been a huge fan of him for a long time. And uh, if you look at him, I mean, he's just tattoos all over his body, serious uh, body modification. Um, but I just love his story. He's one of the, the most genuine, authentic guys you will ever meet. He's for the past 14 years, he's been speaking primarily to junior and senior high school students, but he's gone to corporations as well. 14 years, inspiring, empowering audiences, all audiences about his um, ability to break through stereotypes, inspiring people to overcome obstacles, become comfortable in their own skin, and pay kindness forward. He's just got a genuine heart of gold, and he's the perfect person to deliver that message, particularly if you see him. And man, he's changed so much in the last six years. Not only physically, I mean, he's, and we talk about this, his transformation. He's just turned into a beast from uh, weightlifting. And he's a great example of self-discipline and starting small and not overthinking it. And I think that's a huge part of being on this leadership journey. Because sometimes you get in these modes of, and I know I've been guilty of this, of like, I want to be X. I'm here and I want to be at this level, whatever, personal, professional particularly in the personal, and you're talking about habits and personal development and personal growth, it can seem so overwhelming and so daunting. And you'll be motivated for about a week and you're getting up at 5 a.m. and you're journaling and you're exercising and you get burned out. And Joshua completely understands, look, just start doing something and start small and celebrate those small victories. It's huge. I mean, that's why I'm a huge fan of him. We talk about that. We talk about my favorite part is, again, he re- we revisit his story about how he kind of went down this path, his almost committed suicide. And then after that kind of dark night of the soul, if you will, everything started to change. He started seeing things differently. And I've talked to a handful of people who've kind of had that dark night of the soul moment. Eckhart Tolle talks about it in uh, his work. And once he was at his lowest point, the next day he saw things with a completely different perspective. And that's what happened with Joshua. And he's just been on this road towards inspiring, motivating, authenticity, authentically getting people to see their problems, see their stuff for what it is, embrace it. Uh, It's almost like getting comfortable with your dark side. I think we talk about that, which I think is a huge part. Instead of fighting it, realizing that your dark side has a positive side to it. There's some great powers that you can embrace. And uh, Joshua is a big proponent of that. He's an entrepreneur. He's he's beard and oil bomb creator. He's got watches. And again, he's continuing this inspiring and motivation and adding value to people. He's just a great human being, and I'm so glad to have him back on the show. You're really going to enjoy listening 
to Joshua speak. Go check him out at joshuacoburn.com. You can learn all about his his works, his products, and his ability to speak and present to your organization. He's just he's one of the good ones, folks, and I can't say enough about him. This show is brought to you by my brand new sponsor, Hutton. Hutton designs, builds, and services commercial construction projects throughout the Midwest, and they're expanding. They're longtime fans of this show, and they're committed to the highest standards in leadership. And I'm so happy that they're supporting Dose of Leadership as a sponsor. Hutton's behind so many projects, stunning structures built from the ground up, remodeled hospitals, medical offices, manufacturing, industrial facilities, municipal buildings, financial institutions, churches, schools, anything and everything. Where there's hard hats to be found, you can find Hutton. What I like about them, too, is that they're architects and builders, all in one, because increasingly that's what we want, right? If we're going to build something, I'm going to want a single trusted partner to work with from start to finish. Hutton gets that. They don't drop any balls. Their vision is delivered from paper to structure. It's more than a construction project to them. It's a, it's a creative endeavor, and they put people over projects, always. That's how they treat their clients. It's how they treat their employees. It's how they treat their community. Character counts for them. That's how they select their staff, their subcontractors, and how they serve the community. It's not lip service, folks. I know the CEO personally. He's a good friend of mine. They are the real deal. They're professional, hardworking, charitable, Midwestern values in all the best ways. That's their culture. That's Hutton. Go check them out. Huttonbuilds.com slash togetherwebuild. That's Huttonbuilds.com slash togetherwebuild to learn more. All right, let's get on with this conversation with Joshua Coburn, motivational speaker, author, and entrepreneur here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Joshua Coburn, back on Dose of Leadership. Welcome, my friend. Glad to have you here. Honored to be back. Thanks again. I'm I'm super stoked. It's been way too long. Way too long. And we were talking six years. I couldn't believe that. I thought, well, maybe been four or three in six years. Man, right. So yeah. Much six, has, so much six. has changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we were just briefly mentioning. I mean, the world's changed. Lives have changed. I mean, it's it's crazy. Six years is a is a long time for sure, especially in uh, this crazy digital kind of fast paced world that we've been <laughs> right. dealing with the last several years. Well, I, st- I still feel like I've, I've kind of, obviously, I've kept pace with you. We're Facebook friends. I've seen you on TikTok. Right. Uh, so I, I've seen your kind of progression of you and your brand. And, and one thing that's completely different is like you look like a, a completely different human being. You look like a, a beast. You're a monster. You're, you're like workout regimen. Your workout regimen, is, I, I, it's impressive to see how much your body has changed in six years. Yeah, thank you. You know, it was, uh, it's, it's crazy, too, because kind of that whole cycle has been interesting in terms of, you know, when we last spoke, I was really focused on mental health and things like that, especially with students. And when I would go and I would speak, I'd get photos back of like those events, which was awesome. But I felt like I looked just kind of like a, like a dad, you know, like <laughs> got a little bit of a gut, like yeah. my arms weren't anything major. And I hadn't thought about like hitting the gym since I was like, in high school, but I realized, you know, part of good mental health is good physical health. And if I'm not seeing that through, then what kind of example am I? So yeah, it was, it was time to step up my game. So I think, um, maybe late 2014, 15, it would be, it'd be early, uh, 2015. I started kind of stepping into that world a little more and weirdly it didn't take long. I ended up with a a sponsorship from a um, supplement company and just really kind of dove headlong into that world. So it's it's been an interesting ride to that, you know, to that end as well. Well, it, it's impressive. And, and I, 
um, did you change your diet much? I mean, obviously you got the supplement sponsorship, so that was part of your diet, but did you change how you ate, what you were drinking? I mean, was that radical too? Um, yes, but I did it over time because really when I started making that change, it was more initially mental. Uh, you know, it was a matter of showing up, being disciplined, getting the job done and, uh, kind of heading home, making sure that I was on point to return the next day. And as time went by, I started to see some physical changes and then it's like, well, okay, now I need to maybe adjust the food. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to fitness, you know, they try to, they, they try to join the gym and they, you know, try to change all their food all at once. And they get frustrated because, you know, they're two weeks in, they changed everything about their life. They're not happy and they're not seeing results either. So I didn't approach it that way. I didn't start changing my diet until a good eight or eight or nine months into kind of my physical transformation or my, my kind of focus to physical um, side of it anyway. And once I, I really started thinking, you know, okay, food, maybe, maybe I'll look at food different. I just started with simple things instead of buying, you know, three frozen pizzas that week, I'd buy one less and throw broccoli in. And that's how I slowly over time changed it. But yeah, I got to the point where I was essentially show, you know, bodybuilding show ready. So I was, you know, five to 7% body fat, lean, ready to rock and roll, man. Man, it's crazy. I mean, I just, the transformation is just phenomenal. But I, I love what you said there because it goes to no matter what you're trying to do when you're changing your life, changing a personal habit, particularly the habits. And I think you hit a great point where we lose motivation or interest because we make the decision to radically change our lives, whatever that case may be, and we want to go all in. And that's admirable, but you're right. You know, instead of, you know, I'm not used to getting up at 5 a.m. and I want to journal and I want to go work out and then I want to spend an hour writing my next book. And then and if you just go from zero to 100, uh, you'll you'll get winded and you'll lose, you'll lose interest. Right. And so just even starting small is what I'm hearing you say, starting small, you're not even worried about the diet. You just started changing your discipline habits of going to the gym and getting up every day. And then once you started seeing results, Hey, maybe, maybe you ought to start step it up a notch. So it's just kind of like a slow fade is what I'm hearing you say. And I think that's how you kind of approach life and, and all your personal habits. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. That's how I approach absolutely everything because, you know, I mean, if we're, if if we keep focused on fitness, I was no fitness expert. I was just a dude who's like, well, maybe I should show up at the gym and start kind of figuring this out. So, you know, when you get in the gym, that can be intimidating. You got all these, you know, big dudes or, you know, young ladies that are just in there, you know, putting in work. Heck, I didn't even know, like, do I work my shoulders today? Do I work my legs tomorrow? Do I work my abs and core like on Wednesdays? Like, how do I do this? And it was just a matter of showing up, figuring it out, looking on Instagram and like being mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, so it looks like, you know, this and this seem to go together. I'll try that. And over time, yeah, you just chip away that stone and, and kind of sculpt the statue to look the way you want it. And, you know, for me, it's always been that. I'm really big at, you know, into kind of pleading ignorance when it comes to change because I'm not good at really anything in my opinion and i find people that can teach me so i can be better so you know if, if i try to take one big bite i'm going to choke so mm -hmm. i gotta take these small morsels 
you know, and start to kind of internalize them and start to see how they fit my life so I can continue to evolve and grow into whatever it is that I'm supposed to be. For the sake of my listeners, go back. I know, you know, we were on six years ago, but kind of Cliff Notes version, your, your kind of how you got into this idea of motivating youth in particular. That's kind of when we talked six years ago, that was kind of your focus, you, you know, the manners motivation um, uh-huh. kind of idea, you know, particularly talking to high school students. But, man, you've really grown entrepreneurially. I see that you've uh, written a book. Uh, you're still doing the speaking. You got into beard oil uh, right. watches. Uh, I mean, you're just continuing this this kind of entrepreneurial journey. Go back though, and for the sake of listeners who, who maybe never met you or know much about you, how did how, how did your what is your kind of splat moment story that kind of led you down this path? Uh, you know, honestly, what it really kind of came down to is you know there's there's a couple moments. Um, the, the kind of most transparent real moment that I talk about a lot is um, September 5th, 2001. Uh, I decided that I was going to end my life because I was just not having it with the life I was leading. And I, I let too many people say, once I kind of wrote the note and, you know, really decided this is what I was going to do, uh, I was struggling at that time also with depression and anxiety and things like that. And um, in that moment, my anxiety was so bad that if I kind of got outside my normal quote unquote routine that I had during the day, my anxiety would just go crazy. And in that moment, my anxiety was kind of telling myself in my head, like, you can't end your life right in this moment. You can't do it. You have to go to bed. That's what you do right at this time. So that's what I did. And as crazy as that sounds, like that thing that I struggled with my entire young adult life was probably what saved my life. Because when I woke up hours later, I felt like different. And I realized that it was because I kind of didn't shove things down anymore. I'd written it out. I'd talked through my problems for the first time. And it wasn't with someone. It was in the form of a note. And it was then that I realized, like, one forward step, one even stumble forward is better than where I am today. And I cannot be the only person out there struggling with these things. And I thought, you know what? If people are already saying all these silly things, I don't have to give them power but instead, I can take all that and I can help others understand that it really doesn't matter. This is an opportunity for you to take kind of that energy and put it into good things. And that kind of set me on my journey to eventually becoming a certified life coach, becoming um, a mentor to youth, to start eventually speaking, to releasing at that time, um, when we spoke, the book Inspiration on Demand, which went crazy. And I ended up on, you know, Fox News and all kinds of other crazy stuff and uh, really just changed the trajectory of my career. So, you know, that's that was a bit of a long-winded answer, but that's about as honest and real as I could get with it. Yeah, no, I, I remember that story. And I, and I think it's important because I've, I've talked to a handful of people and even – 
And even it, what, what I was thinking about where you were retelling that story, was it similar to, you know who Eckhart Tolle is? You ever heard of him? He, uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, he's kind of, uh, Oprah's really big into him, into him and he's, um, I really like him. He, he, you know, you would really like him. It would resonate, he would read his stuff would resonate with you deeply. But anyway, he talked about kind of his kind of splat moment, similar to the same thing. He wanted to end his life. And he was sitting there and kind of the same thing, similar to your story. He, he decided to just go to sleep and go to bed. And then when he, he got up, he felt differently. And he kind of looked at life with a whole different set of eyes and kind of the same thing. He's like, I've made that decision to make it through kind of the darkest night or whatever. And he's never looked uh-huh, back. He's uh-huh. never, he's never looked back since. And I've heard that type of story, uh, people who've been suicidal and, and that this is it. And then they woke up from that and it's like they had a whole new set of, they were looking through the world through a different set of eyes. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And so that, 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 and I and suggest that you check his stuff out. You would really resonate with you. Eckhart Tolle is, a, is his name, but I'll, I'll send you some links after the show, but. Awesome. But yeah. Awesome. Another, Thank you. Another, yeah, definitely. Another thing I noticed is that you, um, you got married too within these six years, right? And, um, is I it, did. Yeah. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank long, you. Yeah. 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 That's definitely interesting. Um, she's definitely the yin to my yang, uh, in many ways keeps me in line. That's for sure. Makes me a better man. Yeah. And so now you've got a whole, you know, dealing with, not only have you kind of been this work in progress with yourself, now you've entered in a relationship and this and that. Anything that you've learned from, uh, how long have you guys been married now? I can't even remember. It's probably been longer than what I think it is, but. Uh, yeah, about a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. I thought it was relatively recent. But anything that you've taken from your kind of personal journey and now have you seen how it's kind of helped in both the relationship journey with your wife? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it really comes down to um, understanding kind of that I'm not because I'm, I'm a confident dude. Like, I, I don't want to say overconfident, but it's really hard for me to kind of question my abilities or my thoughts or my decisions. I'm, I'm really pretty straight up. Like if I got it, I mean, I have my face tattoos, like it doesn't get any more permanent than that. Right. Right. So you're just, re- you know, I'm ready to make decisions and do what I have to do. Well, what I've kind of learned is, you know, sometimes it's good to step back, kind of pause a little bit, understand kind of the whole situation, especially now it's not just me anymore. And she really helps me kind of take stock in things, slow down, smell the roses. I've been, you know, big on planting seeds for a lot of years. And now that the roses have bloomed, I, I haven't exactly taken the time to smell them. And thankfully 2021 came along as hard of a year as it's been for many people that has allowed me to do that a bit more. And she's really helped kind of slow me down, allow me to focus in, you know, deeper in areas of, you know, whether it's personal life, whether it's goals, whether it's our personal goals, you know, she has really allowed me to kind of slow down and take pause and just appreciate what life is. It's not always about the next thing, you know, the next goal, the next, uh, you know, event, whatever it is. Sometimes it's just about this moment. And I've talked about it a lot over the years, but I can't say that I've done much 
beyond completely failing at taking stock in those moments. So that's been pretty major, you know, just being humble enough to listen. Yeah, I think that's that's always good to have that partner that can bring you back to reality, particularly with you, because you seem to be someone that's constantly driving forward, constant improvement, and particularly someone that's kind of overcome over anxiety, you know, because I find that mm-hmm. for me, when I got kind of over my anxiety, it's like, cause I always had to be doing something. Right. And I felt like if I slowed down the anxiety, right. would, the anxiety would come back. That was always my fear. And so that's what led mm-hmm. me to, to constantly do, do, do. And I kind of see that in you again, I'm being presumptuous cause I don't, you know, I don't know you that well, but I would guess that's probably, uh, no, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then to you're, ha- you're have spot that, on. yeah, and have that yin and that yang, someone that can help you. And as you said, something really important there to, to, to kind of be in the moment. That's something that I've really worked mm-hmm. on over the last five years, or even the, really, I would say really the last two years, where, it's, where I've really been intentional about it, kind of seeing the abundance around me, right? And um, slowing down. Yep. And realizing that there's plenty, um, there's abundance, right? And I think I was, I, even, even all the accomplishments that I had, I was still probably working from a scarcity mindset. And I've been trying to, trying to, move, right. it to move it towards an abundant mindset always. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I would say that I'm right there with you because, you know, from the anxiety standpoint, from, well, even like you mentioned, kind of um, focusing now on on the moment. And then you have, you know, I look at things a lot of times in seasons and it's really important for me to kind of be like, no, like that season, whatever it was, it's, it's okay for that to be over. And for this season to focus on things like abundance, you know, because like you said, there's, I've, I've worked a lot of years. You've worked a lot of years. We we're not hurting, you know, and when was the last time, and, and this is kind of me questioning me, but when was the last time you sat down and you just took in the sunlight and the clouds and enjoyed the fact that like you have a warm place to sleep, you have a healthy family, you have food, everything is really great honestly because what more do we need beyond those things and it's easy to get wrapped up in you know goals and and material things and all that but at the end of the day not a lot of that stuff matters you know when i'm ready to check out when it's my time those few things are all that really would have mattered long term Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, and I wanted to take the time to introduce you to Ben Hutton, the sponsor of today's episode. Ben, tell our listeners what Hutton is all about. Hey, thanks, Richard. You know, we're a huge dose of leadership fans here at Hutton, so I appreciate the opportunity to sponsor your your program and be with you here today. You know, Hutton is a commercial architecture and construction firm headquartered in Kansas, but we do work really throughout the Midwest, designing and building things like hospitals, office buildings, schools, industrial and manufacturing facilities. But really, uh, more than that, we see ourselves as leaders in the communities that we serve. Yeah, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you, knowing you all these years. I love your intention around leadership and your vision as a company. So what do you think makes Hutton different? Sure. You know, Richard, our purpose is to build life into our employees' dreams, clients' visions, and communities' future. We really start with putting our people first, and then we keep people at the center of everything that we do, which really means we walk alongside of our clients from the very first thoughts they have about a building all the way through completion and then maintenance into the future. 
I love it. I'm, that's why I'm glad that you're a sponsor of this show, Ben. So great. How can people learn more about your company? Yeah, so to learn just a little bit more about us, you could go to huttonbuilds.com slash togetherwebuild. Great, Ben. Thanks for being a sponsor. Yeah, I agree. And I think being intentional about the gratitude, that's what I heard you say, is the gratitude piece, slowing okay. down and just being thankful. I've said this on the show many times, but for me, when I started... After multiple attempts of like, you were, we were talking about the beginning of the podcast, you know, okay, I'm changing my life tomorrow. I'm going to be this guy. And I tried to do too much and I got, it was overwhelming. And after a couple of failed attempts mm-hmm. like that, then I started just, I'm just going to start with kind of a out to the universe, a little gra- gratitude that my feet can hit the floor. You know what I mean? And then I built yeah. upon that. My feet yep. hit the floor. I can stand up. I'm still breathing. I got my health. Look at that. My, my, I got a house over my head. I got my, my pets are right there. Everything's, everybody's good. Everybody's happy. And you're just going to build upon it. And you're right. And it, it does change. I yeah. think, I think if you start that way, it does change. It does change how you start the day or the rest of the day, in my opinion, as opposed to worrying about what my to-do uh, list looks like, you know? I, I would absolutely agree. And I think, you know, cause I was always the guy and I'm still in many ways, the guy who's like, you know, sure. you got to crush your goals today and, you know, get things done, et cetera, et cetera discipline and work, those things are extremely important. Um, but what's been really interesting for me is kind of looking back at, especially like even talking to you, looking back at kind of the early speaking gigs and, and the early tours, like I'd be doing four or five schools a week, right? And then be home for two or three days and then be gone and doing that again. And it's like today, I would never do that this yeah, many years crazy. later. Like That's there's right. no way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, and and yeah, okay. So the money's great. You're you're you know reaching all of these students and staff members, and like everything's going up, right? And that's a good thing. And I learned a lot, but I was also physically exhausted. I was in a lot of time zones. You know, I was dealing with a lot of um, health stuff too, because you know you're not sleeping enough, you're not eating right, you're not eating enough of the right things. I mean, all these things today. I don't do nearly the number of speaking gigs as I used to do. And that was intentional. Then of course, 2020 happens and it's like, okay, well, what a great opportunity to really just readdress how the entire business is going to look. What am I going to do? Because I can get on TikTok and I can, you know, post a one minute video and, you know, reaches 10 million people. I can't do that in a high school gym or in a, <laughs> right. you know, in, on a stage somewhere. Like it doesn't work like that. So it's like, what, you know, what is the best route? What, where do I need to go? And it allows, it's, you know, slowing down. It's allowed me to kind of reassess what all that looks like as well. Well, I think that's, that's the idea behind 2020, right? I mean, as crazy as this year is, and it's certainly not over, but these mm-hmm. last seven months certainly, and as much as I hate to see the stuff that's happened, I do try to remind myself that there are opportunities inside this kind of nuttiness. And I think that's right. how I've stayed positive throughout the seven months. There have been moments when I've, I'm not positive, but I think for the, for the most part, if I intentionally look back and like, you know, remind myself that this too shall pass and that there are opportunities hidden when, within this kind of chaotic pivot that's happening to everybody – and um, I don't know how how do, how have you been dealing with it? How does that resonate with what I just said? Um, I'm I'm right there with you. Like for me, I try to really look at the whole picture. Are there things that I 
absolutely disliked about, you know, 2020 and, and kind of the things that the challenges we were faced with. Absolutely. Um, has it afforded a lot of really great things as well? Absolutely. It has. And, you know, you, I, I always love it when, when individuals use the phrase, this too shall pass because prior to this, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, you know, I just wish things would go back to normal. Right. And in those times in our normal times, we also must remember that, right? In our quote, happy times, this too shall pass. And, you know, those seasons that we encounter, you know, the good ones, the bad ones, the different ones and, and everything in between, it's all going to pass. So what's our mindset? What's the choice going to be during those challenging times, those happy times? What's our choice going to be? How are we going to view it? Are we going to view it from a, you know, a, a place of gratitude where we're like, you know what? This is challenging, ugly, I don't have to like it, but I'm going to learn from it. Or are we going to go at it, you know, angry and upset that things aren't, quote, normal and, you know, things aren't what they used to be. And I mean, we could harp on that for the rest of 2020 and, you know, let our emotions drive us all the way into 2021. But does that help? It doesn't for me. And I think for a lot of people, they're seeing it as, you know, we are kind of in this together and we can choose kind of how to handle one another and our families and and emotionally decide what kind of intelligence we're going to apply to it. And that's what's been pretty interesting for me because I get to think about all of those things for the first time probably ever in my life, where before, like we talked, is just kind of a driving forward of you know, I got to do these things. This is kind of the pathway up the ladder. And, and here we go. I'm climbing where today it's a little bit different. There's a lot more consideration. And maybe that comes with age, you know, maybe the consideration for others comes with age, but it's definitely come for me in 2020. As you sit there, as we're approaching October and you've had that time to reflect, like you just said, how much alignment and clarity do you have going into 2021? I mean, what, what lessons have you learned? Where do you think you're going? You know, it's it that's that's really interesting to hear you <laughs> ask that. I haven't talked about it too much. Um, it's strange because I see myself now having kind of done the things that I set out to do um, by and large, and you know, it's I feel like it's my time to kind of sit back a little more to, like you said, enjoy the abundance, enjoy the kind of world that. I've created for myself and for my family, but also to really be the mentor that I think that all those years of travel and, and um, interaction and, and things have really brought me to. I think it's time for me to help individuals who are wanting to get into helping others. You know, I, I've gotten more messages this year from, you know, students that I haven't seen or talked to in five, six, seven, eight years that are wanting to get into helping others. And how, how do I do that? Well, I can help with that. So being able to be that person to lend some guidance and help with, you know, allowing others to really reach their goal of, of helping others is a pretty major thing. So that's kind of where I see myself going. Will, will there be another book? Probably at some point in 2021. Um, but 
for me, it's going to be a lot more laying low, laying back, hanging back and kind of helping those, you know, learn to walk that have been crawling for a while and helping those that have been uh, walking run. Yeah. So the book, I didn't get a chance to read your, your latest book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that book was called shit that needs said. So yeah. you can kick all the ass. I was going to say, what is some <laughs> of the shit that needs to be, I was going to ask you, what are some of the shit that needs to be said? <laughs> you know what? That book is just simply filled with um, encouragement because when it comes to self-help, uh, like I'm not a tattooed Tony Robbins, like that's not who I am. <laughs> it's not how I operate. Tony. Right. And, uh, you know, it, but a lot of people think that that's kind of, what I am or, or that, you know, from the outside, you know, first glance, it, it kind of seems like that. Well, um, no, I'm here to, like I said, help to encourage. And that book is just seriously that it is, it is encouragement for the individual who gets up in the morning and just needs to have that positive boost and isn't sure what to kind of say to themselves that kind of internal dialogue that, I have, I assume many of us have it to where you're just like, all right, buddy, today you got to jump up, you're going to take care of this, this, and this. And then, you know, you're going to kick today's butt. It's going to be wonderful. Whatever that looks like. And that's what shit that needs said is really all about because I had a, an individual on uh, Instagram actually tell me one day after sending me a message, like, man, you just say the shit that needs said and it's <laughs> what I need to hear. And I just kind of took note of that. And it was like, all I did was encourage them. So I'm like, okay, so what if it's not a self-help book that's like 10 steps to living a great life? Right. What if it's just the words that people forget to tell themselves? What if that's all it is? And that's how I approach the concept. And it's as much art as it is those types of words. So people find new things in it all the time. So, um, you know, again, it's really just about waking up and picking it up off the back of your toilet or off the nightstand and open it up to a page, putting your finger down, reading through kind of that page or paragraph and then putting it down and, you know, ready to go kick ass, you know, for the rest of Yeah, I think sometimes we make it more complicated than we need to, right? I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I've never really read a book that had 10 steps and followed all the 10 steps. I mean, it's sometimes it's just you got to go do you know, and it sounds like that's right. what you're trying to, right. that's what you're trying to accomplish with the book. I mean, it's great to have the 10 steps and everything else, but sometimes the, the simplicity, I mean, cause the, the reality is, I mean, how much it's kind of like, I don't know, having the show for eight years and I've had so many conversations about leadership and sometimes, and, and God bless those authors that write a new book and they have some new idea and, about leadership and this and that, but hasn't it all really been said and really isn't all the stuff about leadership and everything we're trying to do with the discipline is stuff that just kind of existed since the dawn of man. You know what I mean? It's not like there's anything new. Yeah, there's yeah. not like there's anything new under the sun. It's almost like you just have to at some point just, it's such an internal battle. And I think even when I started the mm -hmm. show, I used to think it was more external and probably the big lesson I've learned. I think I've always intuitively known it, but eight years later, how, internal all of this really is 90% of it's internal mm -hmm. and you've got to conquer yeah. that somehow sometimes I agree I agree with everything you're saying 100% yeah. Yeah. it's it, it's interesting to me that when you think about even like 
just the, the, the phrase leadership and like the, the faces that maybe pop into our heads when we say that, which, you know, I mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. It could be, you know, George Washington. It could be anybody for any number of people. Right. And what's always really interesting to me is because I don't really read, you know, self-help type books. I don't read, you know, anything along those lines. I read biographies and I read yeah. biographies of notable individuals. Why? Because I want their example. I don't want their 10 steps. Yeah. And that's, I guess, my approach always. That's why, like, I didn't, I mean, I could tell you what I do every day to, you know, get up and, and I'm sure you could, you know, to here's, here's how I get up. Here's how I book guests. Here's how I, you know, run a successful podcast. Here's people I'm connected with, like all those things, which are highly important and extremely, um, it's extremely important to understand that, like, if you don't do those things, you don't get here. However, that doesn't make necessarily for even an interesting read. That just makes for a list, right? Yeah. So there's there's so many different kind of approaches to leadership. And for me, it's just about showing up and doing. Because anyone who, I guess, is a leader or has the respect as a leader, they may not lead anybody. They just might have a handle on their life. It could be as simple as that. It could be a father, it could be a grandfather, or it could be, uh, you know, a president, world leader, military leader, anything. And and no one of those is any less a leader than the other. And I think that's what's crazy when people think that, oh, I have a book and it's got 10 steps. This will make me that. Well, no, that means you read a book that talked about those 10 steps. Right. And I think that's what's hard for people to understand. Well, you said, yeah, I, I mean, everything you said resonates with me because um, probably the biggest takeaway, the biggest lessons I've I've had from all these conversations, is that it's always about the showing up and the tenacity. And I love what you mm-hmm. said about the biographies. I'm the same way. I I would rather read a biography than a self help book any day. And the reason why I like doing that is because I love seeing or learning, particularly these people people that I read about and I would like to emulate or I think they've accomplished significant great things how flawed they were. And the more that I see that they were flawed, the better it or kind of aspirational or inspirational it is for me because I realize I'm no different than whoever I'm reading about. Right. And if you can see the war, mm-hmm. the warts and all, I think that's part of the, what, what makes the journey or it gets me excited is that I'm less concerned about kind of the dark side of the warts that I have that I used to be afraid of. I'm not afraid of the dark side of the warts anymore. If that makes sense, I've kind of that does. I've embraced yeah, them completely. I've, I've embraced. I would think probably in the last eight more eight years, but this show, I've embraced the dark side and the warts that I have, and just realized that they're always going to kind of be there. And I think that before I thought the journey was more of I got to get rid of it to be like this, but then I realized a lot of the great leaders they were always flawed, you know, and they all had dark sides yep. and they all had warts that they just kind of embraced. That's the yin and yang thing, well, right? That's, that's what the whole yin and yang thing yeah, really it, is. A hundred percent. Because I think if you're just this amazing leader and or, or you read a book about, you know, this amazing leader and there wasn't those warts, you would immediately like that mountain looks bigger, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. And it it was those warts that really inspired you to keep moving. It's like, well, if they can, I can't. You know, if, if this was their, 
you know, crap sandwich. Well, I've ate a bunch of those and they <laughs> right. only had three. I've already ate 10. Right. So, like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're already going there. And I think that's what's so awesome. And, you know, I mean, it could be anybody from Abe Lincoln to, you know, Debbie Harry or Gene Simmons or whoever. You start to realize that truly they all have like these four or five very similar traits that just got them there. And those are the things that I try to kind of note. It's like, oh, okay, you know, what, what did they do? What are those four or five things that align? And you start to see them in yourself when you start applying, when you start showing up. I think that's hugely important. Yeah, I think showing up is, is really a huge part. I don't know what percentage it would be, but it is the majority of the battle, right? Of just showing yeah, up. Yeah, totally. And I can't remember who said this, like the difference between those that do it and the the difference between those that do it and those that don't do it is the ones that do it, just do it. Something like that. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah, they just show up. Yep. That's true. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, and how often do we see something, you know, you're out with your wife, you know, stopping at a convenience store and you see this silly product that you know is just selling, you know, a gazillion of them, <laughs> right. uh, you know, all around the world. It costs nothing to create. And you're like, Oh man, you know, remember we talked about that like right. two and a half years ago? The difference is they did something I didn't. They're selling two and a half million of these stupid <laughs> things in convenience stores. I'm not because I didn't take the initiative. I didn't show up. And that's my fault. And every time I see something like that, I'm like, damn it. If only I had more time, you know, and I could make it out of priority. I still probably wouldn't. Let's be real, but, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, I mean, look at all the stuff that if you look at the laundry list of where you're at, you know, what, at your life at this point, I mean, it's it's a laundry list of just showing up and just doing it, right? I mean, and, and I have the the right. ability to, you know, kind of look at you a snapshot six years ago where we had this great conversation, look at you now and you've accomplished so much. But then in your mind, it's probably like, God, there's so much more I want to do and I haven't accomplished everything that I wanted to. But, you know, you've done so much and you just because you just showed up. Right. And you, cause you wrote another book and, and you, right. you, you got into cigars and then you started working out and then you, you know, everything. All of it is a list of just every day you just decided to do. And I get that. I, I that's how I, I operate, too. I guess it's it does take a while to stop and smell the roses and look at what you have accomplished and be happy with what you've done and realize, wow, I have accomplished something. But I don't think there's anything right. wrong with and, it. And, you know, for me, like, my goal has always been to be, like, the old leathery guy, you know, sitting, you know, beachside at some little bar or, you know, cantina or something in Central America. And when the tourists roll in, they're either scared to death to talk to me or they realize that that, that guy's got stories. And if I sit down for a couple of hours, it's going to change everything about my life. And that's what I long for. That's where I'm going. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like to, to the point you were just making, like the always showing up, the always doing these things, you can't have the story unless you show up to live it first. Yeah. And that's what I've been busy doing the last, you know, 40 years. Yeah. Well, I think that's the advantage too, of you having the courage to, to be so radical in your body modification and it really gives you an advantage to, like you said, change the narrative, change perceptions, 
I, I wish I had the courage to, right. to, to be as radical in, in the body modification as you have. I think it's a great tool to be quite honest. It's a great, certainly at a minimum, it's a great conversation starter, right? I mean, is a yeah. minimum it is, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, but as you're, you're really interesting too. Like it's always been that I grew up in a small town and started getting heavily tattooed back in the nineties when like nobody in the mid nineties was heavily tattooed in the Midwest. Right. Right. And fast forward, you know, 20 years or whatever the heck it's been. And now you see NBA players and, you know, people in airports that are heavily tattooed. Everybody has questions. Everybody wants to know what the story is. And you're right. It allows me to tell the story that I want to tell. It allows me to connect to people in different ways that a lot of others just don't have the opportunity, you know, to connect to at all. Because, and, and this sounds maybe silly but you know if you're if you're too regular you blend in too much and people won't stop you and shake your hand and ask you those questions sometimes they will but not as often and i've you know i couldn't be more proud to kind of wear that um look i guess with with pride it was never an intention thing it just became you know a, a pathway to to communicate with people which has been Unbelievable. And people will never forget the guy with the dots on his forehead, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Have you had in the last six years, have there been any modifications that I don't know about? I mean, have you, I don't know how much percentage your body was tattooed in six years ago as opposed to now, but it looks like your whole upper body is completely covered. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty darn close. I have about six inches on my, on both sides of my ribs that are, um, still untattooed but since then i tattooed you know the entire sides of my head and uh i don't know what was done then my my entire neck and throat are done all the way out to my fingertips you know all the way down so yeah i'm pretty i'm, I'm about i don't know 85 percent or so give or take um and i may you know i have a few other things that i'd like to get done but at this point geez i'm i'm more concerned that the car kind of gets to the destination than, than what the paint looks like on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see when, you know, if you make it to the eighties, I'd love, it's going to be so fun to see, uh, an old man, you know, modified like you, like you, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. Cause you know, it's, it's like, you don't it, yeah. see that much, you know, you don't see, you always wonder like, man, look at all these tattoos. But what happens when you get old? You know, I remember what my, my dad had, a couple tattoos and I just remember as they got older how they, much they faded but I'm sure it was it's completely different now I'm sure the quality yeah of, of the ink and everything you're doing is completely different it, it is um but you know I'm at this point I'm I'm kind of the old guy with the stuff that you know kids who are just getting into tattooing and, and art and stuff they're asking me to see the old stuff so it's, <laughs> you know it's crazy to think that oh yeah I guess you know I was heavily tattooed when you were born. So my stuff is very dated compared to the stuff that's happening now. And the, you know, the technology has improved it for the first time. It's, you know, kind of the inception of tattooing and stuff like that. So it looks different and, you know, not entirely different, but different, different enough. So, you know, it puts me in, in kind of this like, uh, you know, old guy position, so to speak, where, you know, it's like, yeah, I got that in like the nineties. <laughs> you know, that's, crazy. that's a crazy thing for really kids is. to hear. It really is crazy because nineties didn't seem that long ago, but it actually kind of was. 
you know, now, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. Right. The nineties just seemed like yesterday. Yeah, I don't think of it. I don't think of it as too terribly long ago, but then, you know, when people ask me, you know, about tattoos or whatever, and I realized that, you know, they, they weren't born in the nineties and they're adults. Like, how is this possible? You know, how, how can you be an adult and you were born like later than 1987, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. It's been awesome to catch up. So what, what's new? How do we, how do people find you? Your, your website's great. So how can people get in touch with you? Learn more about what, what you're all about? Uh, yeah, for sure. JoshuaCoburn.com is where to find kind of everything. If you want to keep up with, the daily posts that I've been doing for gosh, forever. Um, you can find any of my social media on there. Uh, but it's generally just Joshua Coburn or Joshua dot Coburn on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and all the other places people are. Um, so yeah, you know, still here, still doing what I do. So if anybody's struggling and needs a bit of direction every day, almost I, I post some positive stuff to kind of get your ass in gear and get you going where you need to go. So please show up and say hello. Well, I'm a big fan, Joshua. I, I, I love your TikTok. I love everything that you do. I look forward to the day that we can uh, finally meet, hang out. I know we said that six years ago. I, I'm going to be intentional about that. And when we get, seems like this COVID stuff winds down, let's make it, make it a point to get together at some point. Uh, I'd love to hang out, smoke a cigar with you. Man, I'd be honored. Yeah. Definitely. I'm definitely down with that. Well, I'm so glad you came on the show. Hang on the line a little bit, and uh, I'll have links to all your stuff on this post. And, um, guys, let's make it uh, shorter than six years next time. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse. Tell your kids. Tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose Leadership brings to your world. Go to dosaleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we work together. And until the meantime, make it a great one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 